Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. How's the internet, bud? Uh, besides one little hiccup this morning where it, where it seemed to just drop all of the 2.4 gigahertz, and I had to, like, I couldn't just reboot it. And it, like, it was working. Like, I, I could uh, somehow, I think it must connect via Bluetooth uh, to my phone. And uh, I could do a speed test. And the speed from the router uh, to the internet was fantastic. But it wouldn't, but it just, like, would not broadcast it would not broadcast the 2.4 gigahertz uh uh internet five gigahertz it was fine it showed it there so i uh, rebooted the, the modem or the router didn't do anything so i had to unplug it plug it back in then it showed back up but what, what are you running on the 2.4 just whatever needs to be run on the 2.4 uh oh just like i think certain devices or yeah, whatever like the uh the laptop, the MacBook I'm on right now is on the 2.4. Gotcha. My phone, my phones are on the 2.4. iPads on the 2.4. But some things like the uh, HomePods have jumped are on the 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 5G. Anyway, uh, the video looks to be running great right now. Yeah, it does. No stuttering or anything. Nope. No connection loss. Nope. So, I think things are pretty good now. <laughs> All right. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's real good. And of course, I'm hoping that uh, whatever work that they're doing outside right now, outside meaning just down the street, because it looks like they're laying cable out over there, is that new, uh, I forgot what even the name of the company was. Wired. Wired, but not spelled W I R. E-D. It's no. spelled like two Y's or something like that. W-Y-Y-E-R-D. Yeah. Uh, but there's they're laying fiber that will be uh, cheaper than Cox. And better. And better, right? And I already have the equipment here to, to utilize it. So as soon as they say go, I'm gone. Um, It's all around us right now. The what area, is all around us? The areas that have it already. Cool. Like, literally, uh, the Marley Park uh, across from you has it. And that would make sense of, like, where they're doing current construction. Like, they have, uh, I think Waddell is being blocked off for parts of this week. What is your address, actually? Don't, don't, actually, don't, don't, don't say don't it on the internet. That, uh, no. D- send, send it to me in a, in a, in a text real quick. Yeah, I would, uh, I don't have my phone near me, so. Oh, no. Joe, how are you living your life, dude? Dude, today is a busy, uh. Why are you doing sorry. that? What What is your, what is the, the, the development name? 
Dude, I can only do one thing at one time. Give me a second. <laughs> Joe's so simple. Uh, what's our development name? I, uh, I don't know, really. Um, I know I pass by it every single time that I, you know, leave and come here. It's okay, bud. I got you. I don't even know. I, can you look that up on maps? Yeah. Let me see if I can look it up on maps. You are not included yet. No? Nope. So it, it gets that detailed? Yep. Are you included? I am not. Otherwise, I'd have it right now. But, I mean, are you included for future? Yeah. So it says future going to your neighborhood. Yep. Yeah, it says surprise is, uh, is uh, it's one of the areas they have. Um, right. They are, um, they give you specific uh, neighborhoods that have it. Okay, that's... So where did you see that? Is it uh, on their website? I, I never ran into that, so that's what I'm asking. Yeah, so if you add your... Um, you can add your address and they will tell you, but if you go to um, the website, scroll super far down, it says, say hello to the wired fiber hoods is what they call it, which is hilarious. Uh, and then you can click on the different cities and it'll show you, like, so if you look at Surprise... Uh, it'll give you a list of uh, the neighborhoods that have it, and the ones that are coming soon. Yeah. So they're they're Where? growing further. They're not just right now. They're mostly West Valley. Um, Where was it again? Uh, so scroll down from the main page. Uh, yep. Pretty far. You have to go past all the tech stuff, like all the mm -hmm. routers and blah blah blah. Yep, yep, and yep. then you'll see fiber in your building, and then there's a big blue box that says hello to wired fiber hoods. And it lists Arizona and California. Do you see it? I'm on the phone version, so the internet version, the what the no, website. No, I don't see any of that. Like it, it shows the prices. It goes the fiber internet features. Wired is, and then local transparent fiber, blah blah, blah symmetric. Wired is not bureaucratic, gonna keep blah 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 blah. Uh, where we are going next? New new construction. I do have an option for that. Oh, it's on the on the. Uh, this is this is what it looks like on the phone. Yeah, no, I don't have that at all. It's pretty much the bottom of the page where like the help and fact stuff is. Right above it is the say hello to uh, wired fiber hoods. Okay, now if I click on uh, new construction, it does take me to then I click on Arizona Arizona it does take me to the okay the different sections oh, so if I you... think I know what we are and uh, yeah you're right I don't think we're on here it doesn't look like we're on here which sucks yeah. which literally means they're kind of building around us too then yeah because I think they have to go through uh, the developments uh, and the and stuff like that to go through them so they've probably only uh, done a few areas yeah but I'd have to look at where some of this is and like this one here is Bell West Ranch that has to be on Bell Road so that means that you're kind of like building literally around us yeah 
is what I'm getting at. Yeah, it did feel like there's a lot of those that were like, hey, isn't that my neighbor's? That's kind of fucked up. If you click on it, it actually shows you where it is. I don't recognize that street, so that's definitely not us. Nope. Yeah, that's on freaking Bell as well. Why are you building around us? Stop it. Stop it. Well, especially if it is literally the construction. No, yeah, that... Ah, oh, that makes me so mad. <laughs> well, because it, uh, the Marley Park one is... Caddy Corner from where you live, yes. Yes, exactly. Told you. What the hell spark lighting? It's, another, anyway, it's a competitor of theirs. I've never even heard of spark light. I never heard of this guy, these guys until my brother was like, hey, have you ever heard of this uh, internet service provider? And I was like, no. Apparently, his friends have it in whatever place that it's already uh, available in and uh, said it's cheap gigabit. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 crazy because it has no no data caps. Um there's like you can get up to two gigabits per second which is just fucking yeah, that's only 150 bucks for the two gigabits per second yeah. up and down yeah and it's unlimited so there's no like you're not running into um like uh well data caps there's no like you can't once you use so much they're not like gonna throttle you down which I thought was pretty oh. rad Below the uh, construction and news section, they have a five-step process that they detail. So first, they go around hanging uh, hang door hangers, send construction notices to every resident, ask residents to sign up for email communications at fiber.events. Uh, construction crews will mark the approved running lines with white paint, blah, blah, blah. Various utility companies with facilities in the area will basically do the same thing. So basically, when they come here, they'll go door to door and hang something uh, on our door and be like, "Hey, we're coming to your area." Sign me up. I uh, I sign up for the notifications. Well, good for you because you'll be able to get them. Um, what I think will be cool, and I would have to look it up a little bit more, because the house is actually pre-wired for Ethernet, and I it I believe it has one line that runs excuse me, to the outside. So they wouldn't even have to drop a line into the house. They would just have to run it to whatever box is outside to that line. Because from what I understand, all you need is just a, uh, a Wi-Fi 6 router. Yeah. Like, obviously, they're going to have to do some sort of conversion from fiber to, to Ethernet, but it must be done at some box just outside the house or something. I'm not really sure. That's the part I'm not really sure about. Um, but yeah, it, if that wire does run to where I think it is, all they would have to do is just connect it, and then we're done to the outside of the house. Um, in the actual, well, it won't actually matter for you since you don't own. Uh, but if they, if you want a hard, uh, if you want a direct line, they'll actually put one in. Isn't that how it would be? No, so what that means is they'll actually dig a, a dig a trench 
berry fiber to your house. Right. And not not just come into like a junction box and link you up. They'll like come and give you like they'll if you don't already have your house wired. I mean, you probably do because your house is. Well, that's what I'm saying. New enough. Their process said that they all you need is a Wi-Fi six router, which is what we just got. Yeah. That's all you need. That it doesn't have a modem or anything to go along with it. So obviously you do have to do some sort of conversion to go from uh, fiber to Ethernet, but it sounds like it's just. It doesn't sound like there's like a huge box or anything involved. So that's why I was wondering if they, if there's something that they drop outside the house, and then it gets run to the house. They just trench it to the house with Ethernet. Uh, and if the, if that's the case, there's already a, an Ethernet drop that I think goes outside anyway. So they wouldn't have to come into the house. They would literally just have to click. Does it work? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's probably a, a box they'll mount up. That just plugs in. Yeah. Unless it's not like that, like I said, I haven't really looked into it, to, to that exact side of things. But uh, that's cool. I like it. Yep. Anyway. Anyway. This router, router really does work really well because I was able to open up multiple programs here without any video stutter. Good job, buddy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> anyway, now that we've talked about high-speed internet and stuff, yeah, is there anything else you want to talk about? And there stuff. wasn't a whole lot for me. Like, there's some stuff that uh, that'd be interesting to to talk about, but I don't think that's stuff that we're really gonna talk too long about. I'm listening. Uh. Ubisoft canceled a bunch more games, or I, sh I should say, uh, has canceled seven games in six months, uh, according to Kotaku. Uh, it's not exactly a list list, but uh, some of the games that they canceled, like I didn't even know they were working on a VR Splinter Cell game. Yeah. Well, they're not anymore. Good. So it's 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 canceled. Good. Uh, what else was here? Uh, ba ba ba. Or was it? Uh, so Tom Clancy's free-to-play shooter for Ghost Recon Frontline has been canceled. The VR Splinter Cell game has been canceled. Uh, Skull and Bones got delayed again. It looks like... Where is this list? Anyway, so yeah, they've just been canceling games left and right, apparently for the past six months. Yeah, they uh, they tend to do that. Ubisoft went on this weird, like, we're gonna do a bunch of things that nobody asked us to do, because they were trying to find new and crazy things they could do that would expand on existing franchises, like they do. Uh, they have that sort of battle royale uh, division game that may or may not come out. I thought that did come out. Homefront, home line. But you're right. Like I don't. After they announced it, I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. So I wonder what happened with it. I don't think they. I mean, I don't. I'm not too sure. Uh, but 
it's one of those things of like if you don't remember it it probably got it probably isn't out anyway that was one quick article that's all it was all right um apparently we're now getting a dungeons and dragon tv series on paramount plus Oh, I don't know yeah. if it goes along because we're still because the movie just came out not too long ago. Still come out? Not it's not out yet. Not out yet. I don't know if it actually uh, incorporates anything with the movie, but uh, man, I don't know how much you follow any D and D stuff. I don't really follow anything directly, but I see things ancillary. I see things that you know peripherally because it bleeds over into other things that I I enjoy. And have you? heard anything about what what uh they're doing with D D lately oh like what do you mean like the game itself yeah with like the game itself because apparently and i don't really know a whole lot about this stuff apparently wizards of, wizards of the coast who owns the D D brand uh has this uh op- open license i can't remember what it's called basically but it, basically means that people can go make content based off of D&D. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or they can play D&D online, stream it, show people, make shows out of it. Yep. So that's kind of kind of how I know about it because I watch people who do actually make shows about D&D, even if I'm not sitting there watching them play D&D. Uh, apparently... Because it seems like there's this big push all of a sudden with D and D. You have the pop. It, it's become more popular because of Stranger Things. It's become more acceptable because it is basically an old school RPG, uh, and so you have a lot more people that have played it as a kid now playing it and continuing to play it as adults. But but it's, but it's becoming more uh, accessible and uh, open uh, to be to being able to play it. But apparently, uh, they want to start making money off of it more than just the games and whatnot. Uh, so obviously, we have the t- the movie that's coming out. We have the TV series that has been announced on Paramount Plus. But apparently, uh, Wizard of the- Wizards, excuse me, of the Coast has changed their uh, open game license. That's what it's called. O O O G L O G L. Yeah. Where. They want to be able to take 25% of the gross revenue of anybody who agrees to the, to the OGL license. So any of, your, any of your YouTube channels or anything that have, have used the OGL in the past to be able to play D&D, live stream it, to be able to uh, make whole campaigns and everything around it, they want a cut of their revenues now. Yep. And the whole D&D uh, universe uh, is up in arms about it. Yeah. I mean, as they should be, 25% of gross is going to be a, a large chunk of cash for a lot of things that are very uh, small operations. Now, I don't know if you have to opt into this. Like, can you just opt out of it and just be like, yeah, I'm just going to stream D&D and you can't really do fuck all about it. You can't take part of my revenue if I don't agree to things. I'm not sure if that's how it works. 
I guess we'll find out. If you do, I think they can shut you down because it's copyrighted material. Because it is copyrighted material? Yeah. But it's one of those things where, like, I I, I think they brought in some guy who's one, who's like a very uh, uh, money-based financial type guy, and he's like trying to make money, more money off of this uh, material at this point in time, and I think that's probably where it came from. But it's it just, it, it, it's just another one of those things, it's like, Kind of like Nintendo, how like Nintendo likes to uh, put DMCA, you know, throw DMCA letters at uh, fans on YouTube for making fan fan created stuff. You know, you're basically punishing the fans for making you who you are. Because without any of these YouTube channels that play the game, talk about the game you know, do anything with the game, you really wouldn't exist. So now you're trying to make more money off of them instead of just trying to make better content. Yeah. It's fucking dumb. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, it's interesting. I did read this uh, a while ago. Uh, I say a while ago. I read about this a while ago um, when they were changing this because I think they did it or they're working on it a while like I think I read it in summertime or something but um, I had no one to talk to about because you know none of my friends really know too much about Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's it's interesting because uh, they they're just basically flexing their copyright um, of it uh, but the the where it falls short is the OGL only covers the content they create. So if you are using um, storylines and campaigns created by uh, them, then that's where the OGL can take over. But if you're just using the the base rules and structure of, of Dungeons & Dragons, uh, they can't come at you. So people... Uh, bigger bigger groups who, uh, who write their own storylines and create their own everything... Um, all they really have to do is just change the names of anything that's copyrighted monster uh, through through them, and they won't get in trouble for it. They can't be stopped because they didn't build the narrative. They didn't. They, it's their narrative, their story. Uh, so their characters would be their own. Now, if they do that, if they take, if some people would do this, if they took the content and just changed the names and the places, but the story is the same, they would then be uh, at, at at fault for for breaking the agreement and they would have to owe them money. Gotcha. Um, but and I can see this pushing a lot of these uh, companies towards alternative D&D style games. Uh, some of the names escape me right now is Pathfinder uh, not owned by Wizards of the Coast. Might not be. I don't remember all the brands they own anymore. I was surprised in the, in the articles to find out, oh, that's a car. Oh, there's the role-playing game. <laughs> Uh, I was surprised that that uh, apparently Hasbro is the parent company of uh, Wizards of the Coast. I thought they were still like their own. No, they bought. They got bought out a while ago. Their own thing. But yeah, I could definitely see this. No, I don't think it is. I think it is a shoot off of D and D. But I can see this uh, like pushing these YouTube channels to to more open and free. Uh, games that will oh. support them better oh for sure uh, 
I should have led with this one. Oh, the, okay. There's there's two more articles left that I had saved, and I totally forgot about uh, this one. Uh, apparently, there's a new rule over in England that uh, rule law, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> whatever I'm not those really things sure are. What they call them over in uh, England. Uh, starting now, all new homes built in England have to have gigabit broadband connections run to them. Interesting. Yeah. That'd be cool if that would be a law that they would uh, bring over here. Obviously, we just talked a long, long bit about uh, gigabit and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it's cool to, to hear that there's actually, you know, governments out there that want to be progressive and be like, yes, let's push things forward and, and say, it doesn't say like it, it, and I don't know how their internet providers are. They, they might be like us or they might be more government-owned. I'm not really sure how the UK works. Uh, but it, it's good to know that they're like, no, 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 anything new has to have gigabit broadband built into it. I'd imagine there's probably a few caveats to that. I couldn't imagine, you know, them building a a uh, new house in the middle of a place that doesn't already have the infrastructure to be able to, like a like a small town that doesn't have the infrastructure to support uh, gigabit internet, and they like have to run it from wherever uh, they would run from to this one new house or new housing development in the middle of nowhere. So I'm sure that there are those types of caveats, but I imagine that when you actually get the bigger towns already have infrastructure in place that could support gigabit uh, or in the bigger cities, any new development would have to have gigabit internet. That, so that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty rad. That's, I mean, that's a that's definitely something you're going to see in the future a lot of places too, just because um, it's going to help uh, sell uh, property and, and, and entice people to live there, obviously, because if they, you have access to the newest and greatest, but also uh, the later cost of not having to uh, incur that price of adding it would be uh, a good idea, too. Right. And this is the type of thing, especially with what's coming over here, that'll hopefully just cause Cox to also drive down the price of their their stuff. Their monopoly? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that is such a... I can't believe that the knowing about how these companies work and how they're able to get away with stuff because they are monopolies wherever they are you only really have one cable service provider for coax and only like one cable service provider for like uh, uh dsl phone line and that's it and basically every place that you go because yep. they just drive out all the competition and they're allowed to do that but somehow Microsoft includes uh, Internet Explorer in their software, and it's a monopoly. All I'm saying this is dumb. Speaking of dumb, final article that I have here comes from one of the products of CES. How would you like a totally wireless TV, Cody? Um, are you talking about the LG? Actually, no, but oh. that is another one. I, I think it actually uses it. it, it yeah. 
So the company is displaced, but it does use the LG's brand new OLED M screen. So okay. yes and no is what I'm talking about. Uh, it is a, fuck, what was this? 65 inch, 78? No, this was a 55 inch 4K OLED TV that runs off of four hot swappable batteries. Ew, gross. No, I don't want it. You don't want it? Nope. Why not? Power, power, power can easily be run in the wall without with nobody seeing it. Come on. Okay, how about this? You can stick it to basically anything. I could stick a TV on basically anything, anyways. Yeah, but have you? Did you actually see the video? So there's a video of a, of one of the the reps, and they have the TV mounted uh, on this plastic fixture. He walks up to it, he grabs it, pulls it off. And then just sticks it back on. So the way that they are able to do that is because that there's uh, there's a basically giant suction cups, vacuum sealed suction cups. I'm looking at on right the now. back of it. Little suction cup motors that create the vacuum in those suction cups. So that's how it's basically able to stick to pretty much anything. It probably won't stick to like stucco or. Anything with textured ball very well, but it'll stick to a window. It'll stick to some sort of flat plate pretty well. My only concern would be what if you forget to charge the batteries on that thing and the suction stops? Is your TV going to fall off the wall? Also, wouldn't it be loud or noisy of some sort? I would imagine that it only maintains, like it has probably sensors that'll say, okay, I need to maintain this level of vacuum within this area. So if it uh, detects that there is a leak or detects that there is a low, a high, too high of a pressure that it will, the vacuum will kick in. But I would assume that if everything is made correctly, once it, once it creates the suction, it should pretty much stay there without having to keep the pumps going very, very much. So it might not fall off because of that, if it's well designed. But it would just be weird to forget to charge your TV. And they are, it is four replaceable batteries. So I could imagine that you could say and i don't know i would i would assume that they would have to like have some sort of load balance on those batteries so they all discharge at about the same rate uh and maybe you could hot well it says they're hot swappable so you could just like take one out put a new one put a fresh one in or you could probably just plug it in not really sure how that works either yeah, I, I, it's one of those CES uh, tech things that's like, that's really kind of cool. Also, really kind of dumb. Because oh. you're right, you could literally just, if first off, if you have, what, the it costs $3,000 for it, for just the 55-inch model. I don't know if there's actually different sizes now that I think about it. Oh, uh, there's not. But if you can pretty much afford $3,000, you probably should be able to afford the ability to just drop a line if you really want something to be, you know, not show wires or anything. 
you can pro- you have you have enough to to drop a line to the TV in the wall and power it that way. Yeah, this makes me mad. Why? This is the stupidest thing ever. Like, I get what they're trying to do, like a truly wireless TV, but like, bro, dude, no, no. Because you're gonna have assholes out here like trying to hang on the TV, and it's gonna fall off and break. Well, yeah. Um, oh, look how good the suction is, and they just finger hanging off of it. Yeah, no, this is stupid. Ugh. Disgusting. I'm ashamed that you brought this up, Joseph. I'm not, because I thought it was fun. Seeing weird tech at CES is the thing that I kind of miss about CES. You know, we had the Withings uh, pee on it, and it tells you your... Vitals? You know, in vital informations uh, of that, and now we have wireless TV completely wireless TV. Uh, you are right. I believe LG had its own uh, quote-unquote wireless TV, even though I believe it actually has the power line. Yeah, they, they, they call it. It's, it's wireless because it doesn't use anything, any wi- doesn't use any wires to put content on the TV. Right. But it does have a power cord. But again, that's an easy thing to, to get around. I'd be a fan of what both of these technologies have here for the actual wireless uh, um, signal broadcasting. Yeah. But the problem is, is that you need such a beefy thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't have to be like a huge beefy thing, but the distance that you can transmit that type of signal over has to be very short. Once you start getting into like the 15 foot range or something like that, or you start putting walls in between, you really do start to lose signal quality uh, with this type of stuff. So even though you're running things wirelessly, it's not like you're running things wirelessly in one room and then putting all of your equipment in a totally another room, like even even probably like 30, 40 feet away, because at that point you're, you're losing signal. All your equipment still has to be relatively close in order for this wireless stuff to work. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, it so, I mean, the LG technology they haven't they didn't specify all about it in in the, all the the magic it uses. They just kind of briefly talked about it, how they um they plan on making the wireless uh, transmission work from the uh from the, the, the set top box to the, the, the panel. And that's great and all like, but like you're still multiple components. If one part goes out, then your whole thing is screwed, right? Well, if the one box went out, you'd be screwed. But if you had that built into the TV anyway, that box went out, you'd well. be screwed yeah but you're you're relying less on a like a component going out when it's mounted in the t v i mean not that those are foolproof because uh, hello that's what I fix at work every day um but there's just more to it you know obviously um and things like that that you just run into more difficulties with and as the as we 
our ever-changing uh, wireless landscape is uh, in the future, uh, that box could become troublesome. I mean, yeah, it could change with firmware, but you're going to run into more issues. Not the saying, I, I mean, the future could very likely be that, but I could just see them being more problems with it that way too. Cool tech, but I don't think I would... Uh, I wouldn't jump into it right away, obviously. Definitely not. I don't um, have $3,000 to just drop on a new TV. I actually don't even know what the price of the LG one is. Uh, just going off of the price of the displate one here, which uses LG's panel. So you have to imagine that that it has to be somewhere around $3,000 for LG as well. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, that's all I had. Uh, swinging back to the uh, Dungeons & Dragons thing real quick, uh, I was trying to remember. There was something I couldn't remember what it was that technically they cannot charge for. Um and it would be the uh, the the base system of RPGs like like Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder and all the other ones, and it's called uh, the D twenty system, which I should have remembered, um, but I didn't because, well, it's just too obvious apparently. Um, so the D two or the D twenty system is literally the system to use the twenty sided dice as your main, and then the subsequent sized dice after it for playing. Uh, those games and in in rolling for attributes and, and attacks and, and different things like that, the system itself was designed um, for the third edition of Dungeons and Dragons, um, but the system we use currently uh, in all versions ever since two thousand uh, is the system that a lot of the newer games run off of. Um, it is a trademark. Uh, through Dungeons and Dragons, so technically, uh, legally, easy wise, I'm sure they could uh, they could come after you for that. But I think that is set a diff uh, to a different standard. I don't think it's set to where like they can charge you for it technically. Um, and I don't, I'm not a lawyer, so I wouldn't know the exact um, legal stance behind it. But it is the 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 system that a lot of these are based around, um, and a lot of the, the games that come out, Pathfinder, I think, is included in that system, or in that in that list. Pay for uh, the rights from Wizard of the Coast to utilize the D twenty system in their games, uh, because then it's the, again it's the base rules of how everything is set up for playing of the game not the content you're doing in the game, so not the adventure you're on or campaign you're on. It's literally just the um, the mechanics of running the game. You know what I mean? Um, and you can tweak that to your, your different games. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure Pathfinder probably has a, uh, a different character system, but something that's based, you know, very closely to uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Um, but I do, I do believe... Uh, to your question earlier was the re reason I looked this up. I believe Pathfinder, it's not owned by Wizard of the Coast, uh, but it does use the OGL um, from Wizard of the Coast. So technically speaking, they probably could come after you if you played Pathfinder. Okay. Um, so on even, com even other companies that don't uh, have that aren't owned by Wizard of the Coast or Hasbro or anything like that, as long as they use the basic mechanics and they are the ones subscribing to the OGL, 
because of that, you can't, you, you would fall within the OGL licensing as well. Yep. Like I said, I don't, I don't think it's anything to do with the D20 system. I think it has to do solely with the OGL and the OGL would be what they would, uh, use as the right to, um, contract or to, uh, to, to put you into that contract for them for the 25% of your revenue. So, uh, again, that's going to be one of those things where, like, the end user is the one that ends up being caught up in that, where Pathfinder uh, and other games games like that that use that have already made their deal with Wizards of the Coast. Uh, and they probably have to renew it after so many years. I'm not too sure how, again, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how that works. Right. Uh, but eventually they would get to the part where... Um, they would need to pay to use it again and utilize it in different ways. And every time that that uh, Wizard of the Coast or D and D technically, well, actually, I think it's Wizard of the Coast that do it, update that that the the game license, the open game license for uh, newer versions of the of it that come out. Um, they may or may not have to pay rights and royalties for it, um, depending on if they want to utilize whatever new game mechanics that are involved in it if that makes any sense yeah i think it does um but yeah the d the d20 system uh again a, a game mechanics based around a 20-sided die and their subsequent sizes below that um you know 10-sided eight-sided four-sided three-sided all those ones like different ones they have uh and of course six and 12 and i think that's all of them oh and there's a two-sided die which makes me laugh because it's a coin uh, technically, um, but uh, they they that system. Uh, I was trying to pull it up. Uh, only dates back to two thousand. Really. Um, that's when the they they essentially published the the D twenty system that a lot of the games uh, are utilizing uh, currently. Um, and it, it all started with the third edition of, uh, of Dungeons and Dragons that came out in 2000. Um, and it was, uh, updated with the player's handbook, the, the, the Dungeon Master's Guides and the Monster Manual, because they all utilized that, uh, that newer system. Um, and I don't know if there was a specific name for the one before it. I just know that was the one that, like, all the newer games that come out utilize that system uh, ever since then um, because of the, uh, I guess, the simplicity and rules uh, or, or uh, um, guidelines that are in it um, just help you build your 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 game mechanics around it um, because for people who play D&D uh, or know a little bit about it, Every character, so uh, warrior, wizard, mage, all the different ones like that, they utilize a different set of dice, and then depending on what they're doing, uh, a different set of dice will be used to um, make your attack or your save throw or whatever it is you're doing. Um, so if you're using a, a skill that that utilizes a dice, it may be uh, roll three... Um, four four sided dice uh, and then you use that number to, to make up your your uh, um, 
your your throw or skill or whatever you want to call it at that point. Um, that's kind of the basis of it, and that's always been the original. But as they've evolved over the years, um, they kind of set these rules back in 2000, which doesn't sound that far that that long ago. But if I mean, if we're talking about years, it's been 23 years uh, since that came out. So it's been around for quite a while. And if you go back and look at how many different type of games have come out since then, uh, not just from Dungeons and Dragons, but like from other companies like Pathfinder, uh, which actually isn't the company's name. Uh, company's name is uh, Piezo. I don't know. Um, that's the listing on Wikipedia, at least. Um, but they, again, they subscribe to that because they can base their game around that. And it'll apply. It will help them bring in fans of Dungeons and Dragons that already use that system and are familiar with it to jump right into their game. That makes the that makes sense. You know what I mean? It's like anybody who uses Windows, um, you're going to be more likely to buy programs that say, "Hey, this is a licensed thing through Windows." Than if you said, "Hey, this may work with Windows." Right. You know. Um, it's just a, it's an ecosystem in a way uh, that would lean itself to uh, be more popular with certain people uh, because of the, the the likelihood they already know how to use it. Now, if you're jumping in for the first time into role playing, uh, you're going to be inundated in that anyways because it's going to be the most popular version uh, that you're going to run into. And uh, other games will still utilize dice, but most of them are going to be a six sided dice, and they're going to build the rules around how they want to use a six-sided dice uh, die or whatever it is. Um, but that's basically what it is. Cool. So, yeah, a lot of weird uh, weird things could happen with that, uh, with the OGL licensing uh, thing happening. Um, but uh, I'm pretty sure there's, you're going to see a lot of backlash come into a lot of creativity on around how to get away from that. Um, and, uh, they're going to f- f- quickly find out that it's probably not the best move they're, they're going to make, uh, because so. the bigger companies, uh, or uh, creators that make that content can probably afford not 25%. That's a, like a lot. Um, but they could probably negotiate with wizard of the coast for a, a, a smaller amount because they do make so much more revenue than a very small, uh, YouTube channel or creator would make. Um, on there, but you know that's that's up to the lawyers to discuss, I guess. Yeah. And all that fun stuff. Yep. Uh, anywho, uh, unless Joseph has anything else. No, that's everything. Then uh, I'm looking over here. Yep, my producer's giving us the whole wrap up uh, sign. So I guess that's it for this week's episode of Comes Naturally. We have been Joe. I have been Cody. And as usual, you fuckers just came naturally. Bye.